You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined as I always am. My bosom buddy, Bobby Castron. Hey, Bob. Oh, oh, we are having fun. We are having fun. Here we are. How are you doing tonight, buddy? Little tired. We did have a, uh, a little text going back and forth. Uh, competing to see who was more tired about eight hours ago. <laughs> this is, uh, we're recording on a Wednesday night. Wednesday morning, I do a live hit on NFL Network for Good Morning Football where I need to be in a makeup chair at 6 a.m. Right. So the problem, though, is, okay, so that's that's early. So early. just to be clear, just to really just boil it down to brass tacks, you need to get up early to put on makeup is mm-hmm. what you're saying. That's the big problem here. Like a real man. Got um, it. Your dad must be so proud. So proud. <laughs> um, but that's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is because it's such an early wake up um, and because it's something that I would get in a lot of trouble for if I missed, it has led to a scenario where um, I don't sleep well at night because mm-hmm. I constantly have dreams slash nightmares that I'm oversleeping and I miss the live hit right? and my career is in tatters. To the point where, and this one was just wild. I was actually, you ever have a dream and you wake up and you're just kind of impressed mm-hmm. by how twisted and bizarre your brain can be? In this dream, not only did I wake up late, I scrambled to get ready and I was running, you know, about 10, 15 minutes late. And every time I tried to get out the door, something stopped me, whether it was a landscaping truck parking, blocking me in. <sighs> So uh, or so me leaving, leaving my phone inside after I uh-huh. left. And then when I came back, a pit bull actually ran into oh the God. house. And then I Wait, was like, should the, I just go? The musician, Pitbull? <laughs> yes, it was. In, 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 and I said, oh, I love that Cuban uh, hip-hop music. Uh, what a blend it is culturally. Right. Um, but then I, I actually thought in the dream, should I just leave? I got to get to this live hit. And there was a pit bull rampaging through the house oh with God. my two young children. So I went back in there, handled the pit balls. Anyway, that so I'm not sleeping well on top of the fact that I have to get up early. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, this I would call this grinding right now. This is grind 30 in the grind 30. Right I, too. You? Well, I also have that same um, ailment when I know I have to be up early. Nothing but stress dreams. Like whenever I set my alarm on my phone, that's like a guarantee that I will be waking up two hours before I need to wake up and staring at my phone in a panic and then yes. attempting to go back to sleep. And it sleep. feels good for a half second. Like, oh, I didn't fuck up everything. Right. But then trying to fall back asleep is a disaster. So I'm working on a new show. I have an, had an early call time today. And I was like, oh, I can't be late. I can't get there, you know, after the, the host gets there. Can't do that. Can't do that. Can't so do same thing. Set the alarm. Woke up at 4.30 in the morning and <laughs> saw my alarm. Okay. And like had that feeling you have when you wake up where you're like, okay, that was a good night's sleep. Like I kind of like immediately woke up and decided I was done sleeping. And then I saw that it was 430 in the morning. So it was like, fuck, I have to like now trick my brain into falling back asleep. Doesn't work that way. Did not work out too well. So I don't know if I ever did fall back asleep. I assume I, I did for like a little bit. Right. But, but it's not true sleep. For the most part, I've been up since 430 in the morning. 
Yeah. I, the worst one that happens to me is you set the alarm and then you wake up for the first time jumping up like, oh, my God, I overslept. And it's like 1158 p.m. It's like, oh, this is <laughs> oh not going to be this is going to be bad. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we're heroes, basically. That's, we are. That take us off the board uh, because these colors don't run <laughs> from responsibility. I like the way you did that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So, Bob, this we just passed. We just hit our 200th Patroni. We are officially over 200. How about that? Patreonies. Yeah. 200 of you at out there listening have decided to throw in a couple of bucks or more. A couple bones. A couple bones to keep this podcast afloat. And we thank you. You're the best. We love you. And the the album we're doing today, Bob, is connected to the Patronis, isn't it? Yes. So if you. That's um, a legitimate question. I know it is. If you support this uh, <laughs> podcast on patreon.com slash throwback pod. Uh, if you're in our $6 tier or up, you get to vote in a monthly poll to help us decide what album to do. Ooh. So back in September, and Dan, this uh, this feels like a lifetime ago, but do you remember where you were on September 11th? I was in the upstairs of my parents' No, 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 no. This and, this, uh, this past... Listening to no, Howard no, Stern no, this past, and this ESPN.com. Most, the, most recent, the most recent September 11th. And I, I kept Howard on because no. I just wanted a sense of normalcy in the I, moment. You might have been listening to Howard, but I mean this September 11th. <laughs> oh, 2019. Yes. Uh, I... Was I here? Were we here? We were at Musso and Frank's. On 9-11. Yep, put that on the board. So we did our state of the podcast dinner that night, and we also tweeted out the poll for uh, who our next album should be. And it's taken a little while to get to this one. We had to I shuffle. tweeted out the poll before. We had, yeah, yeah. We had to shuffle this around a little bit. We had Jason Zumwalt's avail, so we had to bump him up to do the Beatles before we did this. Are but we not pretending that we keep bumping because we didn't really want to do it? There's also maybe a little <laughs> element of a couple of times we were in the garage and like, eh, let's not do Blink tonight. It was like, we should do the Blink album. And then it was like, uh. Can we talk about this poll, though? This was the closest one we ever had. Ooh, let's hear it. So four artists up there. It was Muse with Absolution, Smashing Pumpkins, Siamese Dream, Kanye with Graduation, and Blink-182's Enema of the State. Kanye was second. I Kanye think. was dead last at 11%. <laughs> It was See the, it was early backlash. The Jesus Trump stuff is to his, well, really I think it was hurting him. The backlash to his terrible album that came out, but this came first. He's Did got you, a lot of stuff. There's lots of backlash that, against right now. Have you now. listened to that yet, by the way? I listened to half of it once and I was like, all right, I'm good here. Yeah, that's enough. Yeah. Um yeah, Muse came out hot, but then ended up falling towards the end. And so like real 20%, muse. 20%. Kind of like real muse. <laughs> uh but then it, was like, man, you don't understand their later catalog. That's some of their most nuanced work. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, my God. In the end, it came down to Siamese Dream and Enema of the State. Enema of the State, 35%. Siamese Dream, 34%. Ooh. And I, So that's why, yeah. for every Patreone, your vote counts. Yeah, vote. One vote. Um, and I, I said that we kind of kicked the can on this a couple times. But I do want to hit this album. Uh, and I did... I would definitely want to call myself a Blink-182 fan at this time uh, when this album came out in 1999, that being Enema of the State. Um, but it's funny, we just brought up Muse. I loved all the later Blink stuff that came out when they kind of got away from some of the uh, sophomoric humor stuff and yeah, smart jokes. You're a very highbrow individual. Typically not at all. But in this case, I kind of was into it when they got a little serious. Usually when a band gets 
super serious uh, when they get money, it gets really bad. Unless live does it. The more serious live got, the better they got. <laughs> that but, is true. Um, you would think that Blink in their later years would get terrible, but I thought they were making their best music when they broke up. Uh, but I want to, with open ears, visit. This is obviously their, um, in terms of sales and in terms of relevance, their peak in our country is Enema of the State. Yes, and I'm excited to talk about how I felt about them in 99 versus 2019. But before we get in to... 20 years. It's been 20 years. Are you kidding me? I know, it's fucked up. I don't want to go down this wormhole, Bob, but are you fucking are it's, you kidding me? It's not even funny. Like we're it's beyond the point of oh, what uh, a mess. I know it's a fucking mess. What a bad situation we're in. So one more thing I want to say before we get into it. And I know you hate when I talk. So that's going to be difficult and fucking hate it since man. we do a podcast. But it's the worst part of the show. I want to say congratulations to Courtney and Wyatt, our top tier sponsors what? who just welcomed twin happy and healthy beautiful babies a boy and a girl so congratulations wow courtney and wyatt two of our best twins huh twins boy girl twins in um as a gift to them because i have to offload a lot of extra bulk uh when i had my first son my wife and i had our first son Seven different people got uh, us the Rockabye Baby lullaby renditions of U2. Of course. So I am going to send one of these CDs. I'm going to find one of them and send it to Courtney and Wyatt. That's my promise. That sounds like a punishment. <laughs> okay. Well, no, congratulations to them. I can't believe that's great. Twins. I'm, twins. You knock out two. That's smart. Boom. Not on purpose, but you did it. By the way, you know Bono, when he found out about this, was like trying to kind of wedge his way into singing on it, too. He was like, let me just sing yeah. a little bit. Let me just sing a little bit. That was Adam Duritz. <laughs> I just saw a Duritz interview. Oh. They interviewed Duritz. Save it for our 100th episode when we do August I'm going to forget after. it, so okay. i got to share it now. Duritz cut his dreads off. Of course. And, Famously. And, uh, and you know what? The right move. Absolutely the right move, Adam Dirt's lead singer of the County Crows, because it had long since got gotten to an awkward place. Beyond parody. Yeah. Beyond parody. And I saw an interview uh, that he did in with Sirius, I believe it was, or Billboard, something like that. He was in studio and he explained that he was at his friend's uh, flat in London and just decided he wanted to do it. And he went into the bathroom and he cut off the dreads. And then he put them in a bag and accidentally left them at his friend's place. So Adam Dirt's dreads are sitting in a plastic bag somewhere in London right now. And I just want to know what that means to you, Bob. I think that's a call to action to our UK listeners <laughs> to hunt this down. Find their motherfucking dreads. Find those dreads and send them to us. And, uh, and by the way, he looks like an old Jewish man. Now. He looks, yeah, he's got to I mean, that's what he is. He's so. got to do the hat move where he always wears an interesting hat. Because I yes. saw one thing where he wasn't wearing the hat and it wasn't. Does he have hair up top? Oh, yeah. And it'd be better if he didn't, I think. Ooh, the rare better if he was bald. <laughs> the rare, the rarest, the Mark Messier. Uh, interesting. Okay. So anyway, but uh, congratulations to Courtney and White. That's yes. nice. I feel like, do you think there's there's a possibility because... Wyatt is a huge fan of the show. Does Courtney listen? Probably not. That that makes sense. She shouldn't listen. Um, I wonder if there's a chance that the twins were conceived while while listening to this. I think that's pretty much guaranteed. 
that the man gash came out in a big spot. We are the number one podcast that people screw to. I don't know if you know that. It was a ranking that somebody did. It's the new sleep sex mix. It's just our podcast <laughs> yeah. uh, on uh, Shuffle. Um, what? All right. So here we go, Bob. It is time to get into what was going on in the world in, I'm going to say, May 1999. Very close. One month, in fact, off. It is mm. June Mm. June 1st, 1999. And you know what was happening in the world? All of the exact same stuff that was happening when we did our Red Hot Chili Peppers Californication episode. See, but you say that, and I don't remember anything that we talked about, and half of the people listening right now probably didn't listen to that episode. You know what they have to do? What? Fucking listen to it. You, there's also, you, you, wanna, you want me to take this part of the exercise over? Because Why? it seems like you're losing the passion for looking up what's going on in the world. No, because I've done it already. And there seems to be you're, you're finding different loopholes show after show now. Like, <laughs> actually, uh, 17 months ago, we did a, a show in this, th- you know, March instead of April. But you know what was going on because you listen. Why don't Fine. You, still- you know what? I would love for you to take this on. In fact, I dare you to take this on. I'm sure Damn it will it. be as good as you taking on updating the Apple Music playlist. Mm. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Yeah, there you go. Um, one thing I don't forget is to pour a nice glass of Tito's and soda before we start an episode of the throwback pod. What are you drinking about? I'm doing a Lagunitas IPA. Love me some Lagunitas. The one job I did have before we started, uh, was to move the name of the song. That was the number one song, uh, when this album came out and you told me it and then I didn't do it. So what, what is it again? It was the number one alternative rock song that is definitely playing. Oh, I know it. I know it. Now I remember. I'll vamp for you. Definitely playing on an alt-rock radio station at this moment. If you're living in Baltimore, maybe it's on WHFS. Bob, you're getting better at this. If you're in New York, maybe it's on uh, K-Rock. Or if you're here in L.A., it could also be on K-Rock. Yes, you know it right away. This is Lit with my own worst enemy. Wow, Bob. I've been practicing. Wow, Bob. Can we forget about the things I said when I was drunk? I didn't mean to call you that. I can't remember what was said or what you threw at me. Please tell me. Please tell me why. The car's in the front yard. And Down, 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 down. So good. This is one of the best alternative rock songs of the late 90s to me. I think it's that good. I don't think it's just, you know, a song in that era. I think it's a defining song of the radio in that 98, 99 period. It is like turn of the century music. For some reason, I always equate this to like American Pie and American Pie 2. Like this whole genre. And three and the wedding this and whole, the funeral. Yeah, this American whole. American funeral. They Amer- got to do that. I'm sure they will. When Stifler gets cancer and just dies. <laughs> like they don't. He doesn't even treat it. He decides just to go gently into the good night. And he makes a video because he he's the most famous one. So he can't be in the movie, but they get him to like do a video. So he's like, hey, shitheads, I got cancer in my nutsack. And like, it's hilarious. Oh, my balls. Yeah, exactly. I think we just wrote it. Um, but yeah, for some reason, like the turn of the century, this sound 
this inside out by eve six uh anything that like a lot of blink 182 actually things that have this sound remind me of the american pie franchise James Oldham of NME, which is the, I call it UK Rolling Stone, just the easiest way to remember. Totally. Called My Own Worst Enemy, totally loathsome, poisonous stuff, but quite addictive. Yeah, so fucking deal with it. It's addictive and it's not, it's not art. It's fucking good. It's just good. It's just good. It's a Uh, good dumb song. I would like to know what Stephen Thomas Erlewine thinks. Oh, that piece of shit definitely got on his high horse with this. (laughs) He just put out, actually, his uh, top 100 albums of the teens. Uh, is that what we're in? The decade? Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to dig into that, Bob. Ugh. Allmusic.com, Stephen Thomas Erlewine. S-T-E, I call him. Yeah, you do. I'm going to pass on that one. Um, it, does, it does remind me that we should, Bob. I think we should do two, two year-end episodes. One, uh, the... Best of 2019, like we did last year. Throwback to the Future, part two. Throwback to the Future, part two. And I think we should do a decade retrospective of some kind as well. That seems fair. It only happens once a decade. Whoa, blew my mind. A gun rack. Uh, What am I going to do with a gun rack? Oh, you know what that just reminded me of? I had a a realization (laughs) that we are the uncles now. Yeah. Like it's official. Literally, like for yes. for years we've been calling like Animal House, like an uncle movie. Right. Uncles love. Uncles Animal love House Animal and House. Caddyshack and. Right, but guess what? What? Now that's a grandpa movie. You know what the uncle movies are? Happy, Wayne's Wayne's World Happy and, Gilmore. and Happy Gilmore and Old School, because we are the uncles. Well, now. Old School, you're getting a and little bit. That's at bit the outside. end of it, but I think it is. I think it's an uncle movie. But I I definitely think like Tommy Boy. Mm-hmm. Wayne's World 1 and 2, definitely Billy Madison and Happy yep. Gilmore. Those like kind of youth comedies of that era. The Uncle movie title has been passed down to us, so we have to respect it. But you know what? As The funny thing is, Bob, is that I'm on a hugely uh, successful international podcast called the Around the NFL podcast. Are you really? Yeah. Since um, when? I just It's been a while. Um, I feel like and, you should like tweet about that or something. Yeah, it's true. I... And we, you know, do a bunch of episodes every week and things pop into my head all the time, like to make, you know, references and callbacks. I find myself holding back on 90s stuff a lot because that is I think it is without even me trying to do it. Just me realizing don't go to uncle because people don't want to hear you making your dad uncle jokes. Right. Like, no, people don't want that pop culture comparison anymore. That that window closed in the aughts are. Our sort of window of references is closing now. It's more, it's just more specific. Oh, yeah. Like when I remember when you and I, we watched, uh, we saw Ted in the theater, and there's a whole like, we did. I think we did. There's a whole like, is a it, lot of people saw Ted, and it was nobody huge. wants to admit to it anymore. Was it like Buck Rogers, whatever, like the big movie that Ted liked in that movie or that Mark right. Wahlberg likes was clearly like a Seth MacFarlane right. childhood thing, but it was too old for us. Now we are the so Seth. It's poorly Mac- written. <laughs> now we are the Seth MacFarlane's with older references. Anyway, anyway, we can go down a wormhole. We're old. We're dying. It's fine. <laughs> Whatever. Let's listen to some Blink-182. If you say so.
Chorus coming up. I don't know, but I love this little riff. That's a nice little riff. I like it. I do this too. This is Dumpweed, the opening track on Anima of the State, Blink-182. An album that I think sold a couple of copies. Seven... 150 copies. It's Whoa. Yes, according to my data. Wow. Now, let's play the game. What do you think it was? Six million. You're a fucking idiot. I'm not good at this game. <laughs> You're so bad at it. 15 million copies. Oh, well, my God. Bob, this is before. I know. You're right. Everything Fuck, I changed. Didn't, I didn't factor that in. And in fact, this is probably one of the last albums before everything changed. Right around 99, 2000 was the last time you could sell a shit ton of albums. Right. It's true. So this was like the two yeah. million albums in a week, Limp Biscuit days. Napster probably jo- dropped a couple of months either before or after this album came out. Yep. And then everything changed after that. So you could make a, a and don't forget, all these albums cost like seventeen bucks. Right. So if you sold fifteen million albums, do the math. I'm not going to, but it makes you very rich. Um, interesting note here, Bob. So we knew. What got Blink-182 on the radar for most people was the Dude Ranch album, right? Yes. Came out in 97, and that had the great, to me, still the best Blink song, Damn It. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they have some good songs. Love Damn It. To me, that is just a really good song. Essentially a perfect song. Um, I think it's one of the best 90s rock songs. Yep. Uh, And that put them on the radar, and they they were one of the big acts on the Warp Tour in that era. And our friend Brian Zimmerman loved them. Of course. uh, We knew them uh, from... Brian, I think Brian's going to come up a lot tonight. Right. He's like our resident ska punk fan in the mid to late 90s. Exactly. Um, but they did a smart thing here. They they were gaining momentum and they did the thing like, let's find the producer that what was the last like major punk album to explode before this album? I think you're going to say Dookie. Dookie. Yep. So what do they do? They hired Jerry Finn, who produced Dookie. And I sure, I'm sure Jerry Finn has a nice house. You would think. <laughs> sure, it's not too bad after selling 750 albums. And then we talked about on um, our last episode, uh, the Beatles episode with Pete Best, the drummer. And if, if you need a reminder, this is, uh, we were talking about sleeping. Uh, here's Pete Best taking a nap. He, he had to get up early. And then he says, oh, I got my chores done. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just take a nice little cat nap in the middle of the day. This is, this is Pete Best taking a cat nap after a busy morning. <laughs> no! 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 Not me! No! It should have been me! <laughs> anyway, Travis Barker replaced Scott Rayner as the drummer of Blink prior to the release of the 15 million copy selling enema of the state. Wow. That guy goes in the Pete best hall of no sleep for sure. We're like Pete worst. 
There you go. Um, I like that. That's a good opening song. I have a, a concern <clears throat> because this was in general kind of on my radar with, frankly, a lot of this pop punk music, uh, a sameness that would I would I would feel like I was listening to the same song over and over again. And if you're a fan of this genre, I know that makes me sound like a total fucking asshole. Total square. Uh, uh, and a square or whatever. But that was that was the thing that I kind of held against a lot of this genre. And I my only concern is that a lot of this album is going to sound like Dumpweed. But I just want to make it very clear off the top that I quite like that song. Okay, good to know. Let's see what happens. Okay, let's do that. Good podcast. This sounds like Green Day Dookie. This really does. kicking ass in the song i'm all into this one too sorry rayner got a better drummer now i just realized something too i think for me blink 182 was my punk matchbox 20 mm, interesting i like this and we'll see because we know after having done yourself or someone like you we know that matchbox did anyone listen to that episode yes and we know that matchbox 20 did make the greatest album of our lifetime we didn't. Well, yeah, we, I we, mean, we didn't realize that till after we track by track study. Just that bears that out. Yeah, there's no way to even it's, argue that. It is what it is, and it's not what it's not. But at the time, I didn't like them because they weren't the Counting Crows. Mm-hmm. They were competitors in my mind. When Blink One Eighty Two, hang on, they're good at these breakdowns. Hold they are. They really are. Second. They really are. Okay, get back in there, Bob. You're making a good point. Yeah, when Blink One Eighty Two broke after damn it damn it you could just kind of write off as like oh that's a great song by a band but when this album josie was great too josie was great too but when this album came out and they became huge when they became green day i didn't like them because i liked green day i was like a green day fan from 1994 i was a rancid fan and this to me felt like a band that was coming out and like doing the green day thing better than green day was doing by 1999 so i automatically put up my little wall and I wasn't going to let them in. I get it. That makes sense. It Once doesn't. It doesn't. I mean, in retrospect, what a dick. I should have just enjoyed all the music that sounded like music I like. Yeah, but that's it. That's, that's where you what, were at that time. That's in what life. it is. And that was the way I was with Green Day. Like, I listen to Dookie now. And like anyone from my generation, it's like, it sounds like soundtrack of your life type stuff. Uh, but they, they saturated the market so hard that I remember just pushing back on it and being like, oh, yeah. these fucking guys. Uh, and now I love him, and I think Blink-182, kind of same thing. They were the biggest rock band, American rock band, essentially, um, of the end of this decade, the 90s. I mean, who... Yeah, and I actively avoided this album, but somehow listened to MXPX's Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo five million times. I can tell you why. Let's listen to a little bit of uh, Aliens Exist first. We can get into that, too. 
<laughs> so I, I think, is this like the opening of a sitcom about an alien that moves next door? <laughs> is this like, was this rejected as the ALF theme song? It's a lot of exposition, and then it's like, and then they live next door, bonk. Strangely literal interpretation of aliens exist. I was going to say that you you didn't want to align yourself with Blink-182, and you would have been late to the party anyway. Right. So let's... Let's go with this kind of indie underground version of them, MXPX, who have a wild, passionate fan base, but they're not big by any stretch. But it's, you know, it's cool it's to say cool. like MXPX. And yeah. you know what? When you're 19, it's that's, good to have some of those bands. That's what matters. Now, it's interesting. In that same era, it was around this time, spring 99. I was going completely the... I was looking backwards. That's when I discovered... Um, Springsteen, Petty, The Beatles, The Rolling Stones. Uh, I, w- I got into Credence, Clearwater Revival. Mm. I was like, I fell. I, I even had John Mellencamp's greatest hits. Like, I basically spent. You, be- you became a dad <laughs> for like nine months in the late 90s. I, um, I spent the end of the 90s because, and I think it kind of makes sense a little bit because. Oh, it definitely makes we sense. Were, we've talked about it. Yeah, we were disillusioned that this incredible era of alternative rock and post-grunge that was the music we loved, Alternative Nation, that all kind of just disappeared. And it was the rise of uh, rap rock and boy bands and Britney and stuff. And. Even worse, there didn't seem to be a lot of um, even kind of indie type fun alternative rock bands Mm -hmm. to follow at that time. Uh, So I think that's kind of part of the reason I just started going back and learning about some of these older artists. Um, What were you what were you listening? to? I was going to say digging, digging even deeper into that that time period. I think a part of that for you, too, was that you were still in Pearl River in 1999. So it makes sense that you were like, you were still around home. You were like, you know, your dad was around. You were still like listening. You started like finding an appreciation for this music that your dad liked or that was. Although kind of it was a very much a solo journey. It was, kind, it was, it was it, almost like a private journey that I was on and it wasn't spurred on by anybody's suggestion. It was just something that started happening. Mm-hmm. And I do say like some of the CDs I was getting it from my dad's collection. A lot of his greatest hit CDs mm-hmm. is how I first discovered a guy like Springsteen and then started digging in from there. Uh, but, but it was that, that quest, it was that quest to find something that wasn't the crap on the radio. I was, I went to school down in Maryland and my roommate, as we've talked about, owned every Shaquille O'Neal CD. So I wasn't going to find every gun and multiple guns. I wasn't going to um, get into Shaquille O'Neal or maybe I was, but I tried digging deeper to find music that I liked that wasn't on the radio. And it was, I went, I remember going to a Borders Books and Music and leaving with Cakes Prolonging the Magic and some punk ska compilation CD that had like, like Day 19, who you and I like one song from, the harmonica song. Yes, which and, cannot be found. Which on is, any doesn't exist service. anymore. 
and like all of these ska bands that have disappeared and newfound glory and no effects and things like that. I was looking for something else to listen to. So a lot of this kind of music kind of crossed my, came on my radar because I wasn't going to listen to kid rock and I wanted something that I liked, Um, but it was like, it was searching for fucking searching forever with not a lot of returns. Does Alan, has Alan ever listened to this podcast? He has. Yeah. Does he listen to every show? No, not every show. Can we talk about if we did a Shaquille O'Neal episode, he would listen, though. Can we talk about when we met up with him in Austin this this year? He had a bag full of guns with him. Oh, he did. Wait, I didn't see his bag full of guns. That does check out, though. <laughs> Why would he need the guns? It was he had cash and guns. <laughs> <laughs> That's my college roommate. Uh, Bob, I have to make another drink. Oh, it's time. Yeah. Why not? Let's do it. Well, my first thought is, it's so confusing. I feel it in my pants. And uh, what more can you say? I feel it in my thighs. Uh, uh, don't, don't do this now. He makes the dolphins cry. The way you're bathing like. It's time for Bob to no. Time for Bob to no. Time for Bob to Vegas. All right, we're back. That is the greatest thing to ever happen to me, that song. So thank you. <laughs> to- A little bit unfair because you had your greatest vamp session ever early in this very episode. I'm okay never vamping again, thanks to uh, our buddy Joe DP. Making that Bob can vamp song where it allowed me to go get a beer while I was vamping. So it's kind of perfect. A fellow Paisan, Bob, you're half Paisan. So True. one Paisan to another Paisan, a great moment. We always have each other's hairy backs. <laughs> All right, let's just pretend uh, Aliens Exist never happened. Tom uh, DeLong would not like that since he is big into aliens actually existing. Which is endearing in general, I find, like uh, my cousin Big Al, very hardcore into alien stuff, and he'll he'll bring stuff to me occasionally, and I'll be, I'll find it thought provoking always, and it's just a fun thing to think about. But the the literal interpretations uh, that make up aliens exist, that just wasn't my thing. Great sitcom though. Big Al might like it though. What's the problem? Isn't it weird that Alf ate cats? This is like your new corner that you're just fucking not letting go. You really want people, you really want America to have a discussion about Alf eating cats. It is problematic as hell. This is Mark Hoppus, right? I believe so. Fuck, over, right. From this point on, he's Mark Hoppus. This voice is Mark Hoppus? And the other guy's Tom DeLonge. Deal. And once again, as happens a lot, apologies to any hardcore fans of the bands we discuss on the show. Don't listen to this podcast.
If love is just the game, I must have missed the kickoff. Okay. Okay. You know, it's weird. I never, I don't understand how record companies work sometimes. We barely understand how records work. Right. Or how the litigation connected to those companies work. Yep. Why is it that <clears throat> Jagged Little Pill is an example? They would release seven singles because once you got a monster, you want to ring it out for every drop you can get out of it. Yep, you want to take that monster, put both hands around it, squeeze it, squeeze it till you get every last. Maybe just put a little bit of lubrication on it. Yeah. Just have some fun. Yeah. But um, then it's happened a couple times now where we've talked about big albums. And this is another example. Only three singles released off this album that is odd maybe they heard the alien song and like let's not push our let's luck not this. let's try to market this the people interscope or whatever the fuck mca records button okay that'll yeah, that be is, important to know when the lawsuit happens we that, gotta keep we gotta keep all our ducks we gotta know who's here. coming after us uh that song seems fine yeah i like it i like those that style of blink 182 song it's harmless and overall i've liked every song that we've heard tonight, I think because we're 20 years removed from this kind of music being prevalent. Mm-hmm. I mean, calling a song harmless, I mean, you want to talk about damning with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> I love Dempweed, Don't Leave Me, Rock Solid, We Don't Need to Talk About Track 3 Ever Again, Going Away to College sounds like a, a shittier version of this song. That is fair. So Tom DeLonge, I think, is the guy that's like, I said, you say, yeah, yeah. That guy, right? That's who I think it is, too. Maybe, that's DeLonge. Maybe we're right, because that's who I think it is, too. This is Hoppus. It's got to be. Got to be. This is the first single released off Anima of State. A huge hit. Uh, peaked at number two on the Billboard Modern Rock charts for 10 weeks. Hit number three in Italy, top 20 in the United Kingdom. Um, just a massive radio hit. And the video, this was also coincided with the second true peak of MTV in the late 90s with TRL. And to Blink-182's credit, they absolutely found their way to What's the expression? Have your cake and eat it too. That is it. Where they absolutely dove into that whole culture and let's spend a ton of money on videos and be very, very aware of the importance of promotion and the visual side of things. But also the videos would be mocking the videos that were out at the time with yep. the boy bands and and they had a lot of fun with that. And they always had a, a sense of humor that was a big part of their 
a sense of humor that you hated. I did. I I found it. Yeah, I eyes are refined, man. I no. I I thought they. Here's the thing. This is now. No, this has come up before too. So let's get into this. <clears throat> I want to say that they they make more sense to me now, having lived in California for a decade. That's fair. That makes sense. Because especially like uh, younger people that I've worked with at the NFL, there's a lot of young people that work there, and there is a general. It's a cliche, but it's very chill, kind of very bemused, kind of like everything's just kind of let's just have some fun. Let's not take things too seriously. Uh, and I think that was there, I think, from San Diego and they this album and they I think they have a Los Angeles ties as well. They, it feels very Southern California mm-hmm. in a way that when we were growing up in the Northeast, they just seemed like. Immature little shitheads. Yeah, these, these, <laughs> these little fucks never had to shovel a driveway. Come on. Exactly. You don't know what life is until you have to Try shovel. Try making $10 a driveway and shoveling, you know, seven driveways over 12 hours and making like, and you don't get paid half the time. You make 40 bucks. Yep. That was life. And then you do your little double entendre jokes. These little naked guys were running around surfboarding skateboarding all around town but that's my general feeling that the the lighthearted nature i think that's kind of what i was going for their general lightheartedness and not taking things too seriously mm-hmm. and um also keep in mind and you know bob and listeners of the show like the bands that i love like a band like u2 or even oasis where it's just like very important to be serious and cool like and not show any type of youthful indiscretion like this band was the opposite of that it's like we do not want to be taken seriously right we dare you to take us seriously so that brings me to this you know what they named their do you have you heard the story of what they named their holding company don't be a nope that was the name of the beastie boys uh first album before they renamed it licensed to ill do we have to bleep that if if no that that was was, a joke no that was what they named their first album you're fine to say that that's historical record okay good, good good yes that is true no, they named their, believe it. They named uh, this is going up tomorrow. I'm putting no more effort into this. So I'm sorry you're canceled. Um, Blink 182 named their holding company, which is where when they would get their checks from the record label, um, what it would be addressed to Poo Poo Butt Incorporated. See, and they, I, I get why. And they did it purposely. year old Dan Hans has hated that. They did it purposely because they wanted their accountants, managers and attorneys to have to say that into the phone and have put that on their checks. Makes sense to me now. Poopoo butt. Did you like that song? I never really liked that song either. I have to say, I like it more now than I did then. It was kind of cool to actually not turn it off right away and listen to it. It's a good song. More faint praise. You should call this the faint praise podcast, Bob. So far you've said that. What was the last comment you made? Not offensive. No. Oh no. It was way better than that. <laughs> Harmless. Harmless. And now you're saying it. I didn't want to turn it off immediately. Yeah. See, we're getting there. <laughs> uh, but you know what? I think it has aged better for me as well. But I think it's pretty much all connected to, oh, it was fun to be 19. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that didn't have much to do with Blink-182. But this music reminds me of college. And God, I miss her. Oh, wait a minute. Wow. <laughs> Up next. These guys, dysentery, Gary.
By the way, dysentery is a horrific um, condition that affects your intestines, right? Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah, it's a sickness. Is this song really going is this going to follow the path of going away to or to of aliens exists where it's just going to be a guy about his insides turn green and all the shit comes out? There's only one way to find out. I'm nervous. I think the whole album rides in whether this is a literal story about a guy named Gary that had dysentery. <laughs> I, think, I think you're probably going to be very disappointed with the results. All right, here we go. Like if it's about Oregon's trail or something, I'm going to be super pissed right now. Wow, that went from diarrhea to I'm a little heartbroken very quickly. It's all over the place. Yeah, like dysentery, I would imagine, would leave you. Uh, but it, the good news is it's not directly about an infection of the intestines resulting in severe diarrhea with the presence of blood and mucus in the feces. I guess that is a good thing, Dan. I Man, don't love this. Don't love this one. No. It's not doing much for me. So let's uh, speak. Dysentery fever is a sign of it. Yeah. Abdominal cramps, and it can be caused by bacteria, virus, or a parasite. Hold on. Less about dysentery. I want to get more into who you are as a person. All right. Because this is um, this has come up before on the pod. Your sort of disdain for serious musicians trying to be funny. This has come up. Serious musicians. Serious musicians being like real music, not like Weird Al. People that are doing, you know, putting out rock albums. What's an example? Just uh, on the same picture. Weezer. Okay. Ben Folds 5. Got it. Got it. Okay, I'm with you. These artists that put out songs that are like a little funny, lighthearted. You've never been a fan of this. You are. And like you just said, U2, Coldplay, Oasis. You know what I like? I like my band's. Wearing sunglasses and staring like very seriously into the camera for their promo shots. You do like that. I think that's but just you kind are of not, what I'm into. You are not the most serious guy. So where is this not. coming from? What are you? Well, wh- I think why in another life, if I had my druthers, what if like I'm I'm happy where my life is in general and where it all turned out. Like where you fell on the spectrum. Yeah, no, just you know, personality. Kind of, an outgoing like guy that likes to laugh and joke around and stuff. Yeah, you're fine. However, yeah, I'm not saying I'm funny. I'm just saying no, no, that's fine. The things that I like. You're fine. You're a fine person. Yeah, it's fine. Um, but I wish I was like a cool like rock star type guy. Right. If I, if I, if I was better looking and could play guitar and was in the band and stuff, I would be that guy. So you don't want your rock stars to be relatable. You want your rock stars to be icons. The best version of what your life could have been. Had you ended up 
someone else. Uh, I don't, I mean, <laughs> this is, this is good psychology, Bob, but I think I just want my rock stars to treat the profession very seriously in the sense of, you know, be fucking cool. Like I want you to put all your effort, even if it doesn't work in the eyes of some people, I, I want you to do your very best to look and sound as cool as possible, mm. which is why I think like Oasis was the perfect band in a lot of ways. Uh, that they got that. In fact, that mm-hmm. famous um, audio recording at their height or their fame in, in the UK, Wibbling Rivalry, what was it called? Like, we've heard about that a lot, that that charted, that's how famous they were, a fight between Liam and Noel, uh, just an audio recording charted in the UK. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like, that's the stock story to show how big Oasis was. Yeah. That, what most people don't know, if you've ever actually listened to what they're fighting about, have you ever actually listened to what they were fighting about? Dumb shit. They were fighting about something interesting, actually. And what they were fighting about was... Oh, in that specific case, you mean? Yes, Sorry, yes in that yeah. release. Uh, Liam was saying being a rock star is about living the lifestyle and having fun, taking drugs, drinking, partying, and doing great shows. And Noel was saying, no, 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 no. That has nothing to do with that. It's about the music. It's about uh, sitting down and writing a great song and connecting with people. And Liam was basically fighting for my viewpoint on what being a rock star should be. Right. It's like living the lifestyle and looking it. That's, that's what I like. And when, and when Blink-182, I get what they're doing. Again, going back to the California thing. They're kind of sneering at that as like, we are not, we refuse to take ourselves seriously. Mm-hmm. And I find that commendable. But I also do like the band that says, let's hire Anton Corbin and go to the desert and shoot our album in black and white and look pensive into the distance. I just like that for my rock stars. Okay. I don't know. Is that weird? No, you're, hey. I think a lot of people you. probably feel that way too. I'm sure but. they do. And you're you. You're allowed to feel however you want. <clears throat> and I think, uh, thanks, Bob. I think um, you, if I had a guess for you, Bob, with a lot, especially with like the indie artists you like, you like kind of, I'll use Adam Green as an example. You love using Adam Green as an example. <laughs> a guy who I have one of his albums that I've barely, that I haven't listened I'll to I'll use in Adam Green years. as an example because I think if we're going to do the psychology game here, there's a part of you that sees Adam Green or give me an Adam Green-like artist as well. Throw another one out there. No, go with Adam Green. Okay. I want you to, to keep this going. And then um, that says, I wasn't that far off. Oh, you think I want to be a rock star? You think I want to be that? I don't think Adam Green thinks himself as a rock star, but like right, I right. want to be, you know, like a, a dark, curly-headed, Lower East Side I play in a band and I'm not rich, but I make a good living and people respect my music. Mm. And since that guy doesn't shoot too high for the stars. Right, right. Part of the reason you like him because he's relatable to you in some way. So, yeah, I think relatable is the word. I don't want my rock stars relatable at all. That's the difference. I think I kind of like relatable at times. But I think the thing that I like that I think butts up against your kind of take is I am a bigger fan, I think, of clever Mm. Like I look at something like an Adam Green song, which is weird and like look at the writing of it and be like, that's clever. That's like not something I could write. Not that I could write a fucking supersonic or something. I'm just saying I like think you could write like live forever. <laughs> I could probably write live forever. Yeah. But like somebody like Father 
John Misty when I listened to that guy. That fucking asshole. He's the best fucking writer. Like his songs are so smart and clever. And I'm right. like, holy shit, I can't write that. Like to me, like that's kind of something that's clever or interesting or even funny, I'm into. And obviously I love the Oasis and the Rockstar thing too, but I think I am open and I kind of seek out that cleverness as well. And Blink-182, not very clever. They're a little bass. A little bit, yeah, they're a little bit basic, as the kids say. I said bass, but basic, sure. Yeah, bass, basic, whatever. Hey, here, all right, good talk, Bob. Let's get back to We got fucking deep. We got deep. And I do have one kind of capping thought to all this, but Mm. let's... I do too. Keep playing it. Okay. Little, yeah. All right. Here we go. Now, I believe, Bob, this is a DeLong joint. Let's say it is. He's involved because I think he goes. Nyah, shyah, nyah, nyah. I'd, rather, I'd rather be wrong about all of our guesses on who's singing than be right. So. I die alone. I laugh alone. Is that DeLong? No, that's Hoppus. I took my time. I hurried up. The choice was mine. I didn't think enough. I'm too depressed to go on. You'll be sorry when I'm gone. Adam's song, Bob, which... This, yeah, this song, was, this song was so big. This was huge. And I haven't thought about it in so long, and I like it. It's the third and final single yeah. off the album, and uh, it was a massive hit. peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot Modern Rocks chart, top five, 25 hit in Canada and Italy, another huge, 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 huge MTV staple, the video. And heavy subject matter concerns suicide, depression, loneliness in fact bob if you want to get heavy for a second one of the students uh connected to the columbine high school uh massacre committed suicide with the track playing on repeat in 2000 oh my god that's heavy heavier musical fun fact fun fact i don't know if it's a fun fact what you just said it's called a fact (laughs) what you just said or that the Virginia Tech shooter was big into Collective Souls' Shine. Shit, he was, wasn't he? Yeah, that was like the song that he listened to on repeat before the Virginia Tech shooting. That is... I'm going to go... Shit, I can't, I'm going to call the tie, up. <laughs> I feel like that's the safest move here. Two not fun facts tie. <laughs> Just facts. I do like the song a lot. All right, so this is also kind of a bridge to their later work. I was saying that yeah, I like right. their older work, mm-hmm. especially this little breakdown here. Oh, yeah. 
ballsy move for a punk band to throw in a piano. Like, you know that you're going to hear some shit from your longtime fans when you do something like that. Right. I agree. Although, to their credit, I don't think they give a fuck. They don't. That's why it's great. And maybe that's, you know, kind of punk, so that's good. There you go. Um, yeah. Well, just the fact that the subject matter is so heavy makes it different than every other song in the album. But I think, I feel like musically, it's the best song that we've heard so far as well. I agree. And I like that we're so far removed from 1999 that I could kind of casually call Blink-182 a punk band. Where back then, (laughs) that would have carried a lot of weight to be like, what are you talking about? They're not punk. Bad religion now. They're punk. Like, that was like life back then. This is pop music. You want punk? Listen to to fucking Henry Rollins and Black Flag. That's punk. We're far away from that. So it's nice. We're very far away. This is punk now. History calls this punk music. Well, the old punk rockers think... History, You're an asshole for even saying that. History lumps it all together. Blink-182, <laughs> punk music. Uh, the Sex Pistols and Blink-182 is the same, same. difference. One in the same? Same difference. All right, I'm with you. I, I'll stand <laughs> with you, Bob. I'll go to war with you, Bob. Uh, Let me, uh, can, I, can I put a ribbon on our convo about rock stars? Oh, yeah, go ahead. So I think there's one rock star who falls in between where you and I stand on this. And it's the reason why we both love him and we both kind of don't love him. Do you know who that is? We both love him and don't love yeah, him. Yeah, I think we both love him, but we were both kind of like, eh. Robbie Williams. Obviously. No, who? Dave Grohl. Uh, he is a fucking rock star. Yeah. There's not many people that are cooler than him. He's funny. Yeah. We both really love him, but we're both kind of meh sometimes as well. Although, you know what? I love where you're coming from on it, but I feel like he seems so legitimately cool to hang out with. He transcended that, and I never was bothered by. No, you were never bothered his by attempts him. to be funny. Of course not. But I think that on the grand, like on the spectrum of like from Liam Gallagher to Adam Green, he's right. <laughs> he's right there in the middle of a fucking rock star who's also funny. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. He's kind of also. Let's call it like the Bill Hader All Stars. If you had to like build a a group of celebrity people that if you could build your own friendship group mm. rolls in that group. Oh man. Haters in the group. Wait, can we do this? Let's listen to more music and do this. Cause I feel like we have like 74 <laughs> songs left to go. Uh, let's see where we're at. Cause it's the album is over in less than 40 minutes. Um, we're getting there, Bob. Okay. We got about five songs left. Uh, here is the second single, uh, off enema of the state. Another massive hit. song has a interesting place in history though it was released january 18th 2000 it is probably the first big alternative rock hit of the millennium slash decade slash millennium slash millennium right 
We know, of course, Smooth by Rob Thomas and Santana. Right. Dominating at that time. But in terms of like rock radio, this was probably the first like huge song of the 2000s. Well, this and didn't we say that during the Eminem episode that Eminem kind of. I mean, like alternative rock. Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, pop punk radio. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And this was fucking tremendous. I think this was the video where they was dressed the... up as the boy bands. And yes. Did the dancing in the with the same type of camera yep. filter and all that. Yeah, they really played it up. It was on TRL. Pro- probably got retired on TRL. You'd have probably. To Absolutely. The song charted within the top 20 in 10 countries, including ours, and, and gained huge, huge um, significance due to the video that mocks the boy bands Backstreet Boys, 98 Degrees, NSYNC, Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. Well, that was the bri- that see that was the big con, Bob. They were mocking these bands, but also very happy to be in their company. They knew what they were doing. They were playing they the were, game. They were playing the game. All the small things was selected by Rolling Stone as one of the 100 greatest pop songs. That seems like a bit much. And is listed in the 2010 book 1001 Songs You Must Hear Before You Die. Let me just turn this up for a second. I gotta figure this out. Again, it reminds me of being young, and that's the greatest um, compliment I could pay it. But I, I honestly can't say I like that song. No. I didn't like when it came out, and I still, it just seems a little flat to me. It doesn't do much for me. I was fine with it when it came out. Didn't love it. Didn't hate it. I kind of feel that same way now. Like I, I like Hoppus's voice more than I like uh, DeLong's. Have we heard DeLong yet? I think that was DeLong. Does DeLong exist? <laughs> that was a DeLong song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's that guy. Yeah, that like whiny. Yeah. Don't cry for me. I'm already the voice inside. That guy. That guy. That's the love. Yeah, that was that, right? No. That was that. Fuck. (laughs) Imagine if we did any research before we did these episodes. What if we were listening to this song? The party song is like, Donald Trump, he lost the popular vote, but he still got the election, and now he's up for impeachment. What if, if there, there was like, it was just looked into the future? If there was any band that could just like say dumb shit that actually came true, it would be that. Like they would probably say that in 1999, not thinking that. But not even a would. prediction. It was actually like a Nostradamus scenario buried deep within Enema of the State, and nobody ever. Well, then you would to have listen. to take them seriously with their beliefs in ancient aliens, obviously. You would have to believe that there was a bigger hand to play here. No quid pro quo. I think our friend Brian. I like this song. I yeah, like this song. I remember this song. This I wasn't like a single, but this was one that I think would get played. Maybe our friend Brian would play it, but this song is actually taking me back to 99. I was going to say our our friend Brian, who is our punk pop ska buddy. If I recall correctly, don't want to put words in his mouth. He'll be here in a couple of days, in fact. Um, so I'll ask him then. But I believe he was in the group that he liked the Blink 
earlier stuff, and then this is when they went nuclear in terms of a commercial act, and he backed off from the That makes sense. Speaking so, of nuclear, since we are listening to Blink, we should talk about the greatest, one of the greatest Brian moments was on our ride home from Wildwood, New Jersey, <laughs> when it was a big deal what we were listening to in the car. You know, we famously, as you all know by now, would make like mixtapes where we all put one song in after another. We were very into music. I we just all, found our Wildwood 99 mix. We have to do an episode. It's even called, I, I, I did the artwork on the uh, spine of it, and it's Wildwood Mix 3, because it was the third year where we went, but I actually called it Episode 3, because it was the uh, summer that The Phantom Menace came Oh, up. look at you. <laughs> so topical on a cassette. People, people get like caught up with Star Wars now, and they're like, wow, Star Wars is huge. Ugh. And it's, it's, a lot of it is... Now it's beyond now just the fans. It's that it's been like corporatized to the point where it's it's been grabbed by part of life Disney, yeah. and so they have a, a financial stake to inundate you with it. But back then it was pure. It was, and by pure I mean Star Wars was just such a huge fucking thing that when the Phantom Menace came out in 1999, people that had no interest in Star Wars. I, I'm raising my hand. So am I. Bob is as well. I went and saw the motherfucking thing because everyone wanted to see it. Like opening weekend we saw. Everyone it. went to go see that movie. It was a it's such a total different experience than the way the it's popular now. Right. Uh, oh, and what a bad movie. Also to date the only star movie. the only Star Wars movie I've seen in fall. <laughs> Cuz why would I see another one after seeing that? Come on. So, I don't know if you've done this, Bob, um, but so Disney Plus rolled out and you can get the app now and you get a month free. Okay. You play the game if you want. Um, and they're all there. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, I sometimes feel bad. And I have friends like Mark Sessler, Jason uh, Zumwalt, who it's such a huge part of their lives. And there are millions and millions of diehard Star, Star Wars fans. They can't all be wrong, right? So, no, amazingly, they can. <laughs> yeah, but see, you're an asshole, though. That is accurate. Because, and you're an asshole in the way that I'm an asshole, in the sense that the only full Star Wars movie I've seen is The Phantom Menace. So why should we... I like that we can claim that. We are the only <laughs> podcast hosted by two guys who have only seen The Phantom Menace. You know what we should do? Our next show podcast, once the throwback gets shut down by record labels is just review the phantom menace every week (laughs) i thought you were to just say like we do a full-on star wars podcast where every episode no only that movie (laughs) and we can hit different themes of the movie different sections yeah you know we'll uh, we'll we're studying act two this week uh, or we're studying the 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 what was the name of the uh the jibber jabber guy oh jar jar binks jar jar binks that's his name uh we could just go Character by character. This is a good idea. I like like it is. So my point is, should we be because did Dean and Nicholas have any Star Wars knowledge? 
Yeah, Dean does. Dean and I sat How down. That happened? We sat down to watch well books from the library. It's like the books in the library. What they make like little kids' books with like Yoda on the cover. So he's like, oh, that looks cool. So he would read these little. Oh, Star- you failed, Bob. These little Star Wars. Do you know books. that when Jack sees a Star Wars commercial, and I didn't even try to do this, and I actually feel bad. He boos. He, he puts his thumb down and goes, boo, Star wow, Wars. Wow, that is all parenting. And I kind of did that it as a not... joke, and you forget like how they stick with him. Yeah. And I think there's some guilt with that. When he did that, I was like, oh, this has gone too far. <laughs> so I was thinking of watching the first Star What? Long story short, I'm going to watch the first Star Wars with Jack and Harrison and, I... and just give them a fair shot. At so this. I did that with Dean. We sat down to watch A New Hope, and I was like, you know what? We're both going to watch it for the first time together. W- would that be Star Wars 14? I mean, can we calm down with the order? Can we just call it one? We started with four, which is also one, the first one that came out. And uh, about halfway through the movie, I looked at him and he was, you know, he was enjoying it. And I just kind of tapped him on the shoulder and I said, you're good. And then I got (laughs) up and I went to go do other things with my day. And he finished the movie. I ran this plan by Damashek. And he's another big Star Wars guy. And I said, yeah, I'm going to watch and he he didn't have high hopes essentially his feeling was that the the early movies as iconic as they are are very of their time in a way and haven't all aged incredibly well Mm -hmm. so we'll see what happens but i'm gonna be open-minded about it i'm sure you are you're a very open-minded person (laughs) this song is called mutt this one i like this one yeah i liked adam's song a lot because and it, it's not a great choice for the throwback podcast playlist because of the subject matter it just feels like a bit of a bummer in there but only if you're really digging into the, i guess so the lyrics i think i just like that song so much because there is just a little bit more depth to it right um so that's the song that stands out the most but i do like when there's where they kind of slow down a little bit. Not that this is slow, but it sounds different. This yeah, one. no, I agree with that. I like this. I like this. Reminds me of that MXPX album that I used to listen to all the time. What was it called? Again? Slowly going the way of the buffalo. I think that's either a really good album title or a really, really shitty. One. I think I love it. Like okay. That. Wait, that's the long. Yeah. There he is. 
So maybe he doesn't have as a prominent a role vocally as I originally believed. I don't know if it's 50-50, but he's there a lot. He's in the mix. He's in the mix. Um, celebrity, best friend, social circle. You plus three, go. Hater. Grohl. <laughs> wow. Just <laughs> <laughs> names we've said in the podcast so far. Uh, and Ariana Grande. That's that is correct. <laughs> that is the correct answer we were looking for. I wanted to. Th- I want to get a girl in the mix, and oh, I think sure- she might be secretly like cool and chill. So I'm going to go with Grande. Yeah, she totally strikes me as totally chill. <laughs> <laughs> You still holding the donut incident over her head, Bob? Let it go, bro. You never made a mistake when you were 21? Just always pegged you as more of a Selena Gomez kind of guy. Ooh. All right. Well, I'll throw it to you. Same thing. You got to do it quickly, though. Top of your head. Top of my head. Trey Parker. Adam Green. <laughs> Trey Parker. He's like 60. So what? Yeah. Come on, man. Get when somebody more contemporary. Fuck you for judging who I want to hang out with. I'm an old man now. I want to hang out with Trey Parker and Not Matt Stone, Ben Folds. Only one of the guys from South Park. Yeah, you don't want to hang out with Ben Folds. Of course I do. He's a fun oh, dude. He'd be insufferable. And Rich Eisen. Go hit play. <laughs> hit play. Those three. Go. I, mean, I like Rich, so that was. I can't go against you there. <laughs> Rich Eisen, Ben Folds, and Trey Parker. That's right. What a sausage fest. Yeah, a little bit. I, I'm literally hanging out with Ariana Grande. <laughs> well, not literally. And I play with a nuclear device This is something I'll regret We're doing what well, I can't get I wish it didn't have to be so bad That's Wendy Clear We're good And the album closes with Anthem Oh yeah Oh shit, that reminds me We should do the Phantom Planet album That'd be a fun one to do we got to do it. I listen to that. And the so, whole world needs an anthem. When's the last time you heard Anthem by Phantom oh Planet? Oh, my God. That was so good. We have to do that album. That's coming up soon. That's what I'm going to listen to on my ride home. We're not even going to put on a poll so you guys can fuck us over. We're just <laughs> doing the Phantom Planet album. And that will definitely be the album that the most people out there go, what the fuck are they doing? We did do a Summersonic album. Can we do a Phantom Planet Rooney doubleheader? <laughs> Rooney. What was the connected tissue there? It was the drummer of Phantom Planet was, of course, the Rushmore guy. 
Jason Schwartzman. Jason Schwartzman. And then Jason Schwartzman's brother was, was the in, lead singer of Rooney? He was in Rooney, yeah. I think he was the singer of Rooney. That's right. And then Jason Schwartzman did Coconut Records, which was another band that sounded like those first two. So we could do a triple header. I have I have like Phantom Planet takes like that are ready to pour out of me. Oh, me too. So we we have to do that. <laughs> um, Who knew? By the way, there is Blink One Eighty Two is back on the road and touring, and they're doing that thing. Hoppus is in the band. Travis Barker's in the band, right? And by the way, just made it. His plane crashed. Of course. And everyone in the plane died except for him and DJ AM. Right. Imagine that. Imagine you're in a private jet that crashes on a runway and like seven people are in the plane and two people survive and it's the two famous guys. That's what happened. And then one of those famous guys OD'd. Yes. So you're you're left alone. Final destination. There's some final destination yeah, vibe there. Totally. But anyway, my point is the third guy, DeLong left the band. To go fight aliens. No. Yeah. Is it that bad? It's that that's the situation? I think he has like his own alien hunter TV show. DeLong does, not Hoppus. DeLong. Are you positive it's not Hoppus? Can't tell them apart, but yes. Anyway, so I just feel like you gotta you have to have it's like the it's like if Oasis got back together together and it was only Liam. Yeah, that's not Oasis. You need DeLong and Hoppus for it to be a true reunion. Right. Um, before we pick the song for the Spotify playlist, I do, I do want to just real quickly, because I, I got to say one thing about this, Bob. We did Enema of the State. I'm not sure we did the album we should have done because all the songs that I truly love from this band are not on this album. Because I love this song. I love this song. Oh, yeah, me too. Good song. And I'll tell you what, DeLong, I guarantee you DeLong singing on this. Yeah, you're right. He's like, I'm sorry. That's a DeLong. My headache is your nightmare. Yep. And, and you can tell the Adam Song influence here. Let me get into this a little bit. Listen how good this is. how great this sounds. Here comes the long. Where are you? Right? And I'm so sorry. Yep. That's the long. I cannot sleep. I cannot Alright, then there's this off that same album. Oh, I never liked this one. I like I don't, the I don't like this one. Vibe there. I got no regret right now. I'm feeling this. This one. You remember the chorus? I do, but this one's a little too good Charlotte for me. All right, well, that's fair. Fuck that. Good Charlotte is too Blink. But this sounds like Blink doing good, good Charlotte. Though. It was good. And then they kill out all the music and they just have the one drum. Here, remember this? Bob? I remember it, okay? We don't have to right? listen to the whole fucking thing. I remember it. I've had enough Blink-182 for one night. I don't know why we're still doing this. Feeling this. All right, then there's no. How many more Blink 182 songs are we gonna do? This. Come on, Bob. We're never, we're never gonna do Blink again. So I just want to hit some of these songs that we like a lot. You like Josie. 
Who was the actress in the Josie video? And if you oh, oh, let me some... give you the stakes. If you get this wrong, you're a piece of shit. Before they sing. Alyssa Milano. You're right? Yes. When you're right, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, my girlfriend takes me home and, and we're talking peak Milano. We're talking Yeah. Like December nineteen ninety seven Milano. That month specifically was the peak. Right before Embrace of the Vampire started shooting. <laughs> so specific. Uh, Only a creep would know that. Uh, another great one. No. Stay together for the kids. But shut up. I Listen. don't want more of this. Listen. This is great. See, as the band went on and they quote unquote matured, they got better. This is the long, I think. <laughs> we don't know. Um, You're also a child of divorce, Bob So maybe you should plug into this a little bit more It's too close to home (laughs) And finally, Bob And finally I'm going to let you off the hook But not before Wait, listen to this chorus It's Nirvana And finally, Bob Bob, by the way, strangely mad To hear all these great Blink songs I mean, come on, Bob. Yes, yeah, great. You know what we do on this podcast, Bob? Just thought at some point it would end. <laughs> Remember, Bob, there's some people that when they listen to an episode of our show, they don't know anything about the band. Wouldn't it be a shame if they didn't know those last five or six songs of them? Now they have a full idea of what's going on here. I guess. And I will say, the fact that we've had people reach out on Reddit, throwbackpod slash r, no wait, that's not it, Reddit slash r slash throwbackpod and Twitter to say that we kind of introduced them to the Beatles <laughs> means that we're doing something here. That's just funny. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, all right. Sorry that you ha- I had to put you through that, Bob, on our music podcast. It was a little too much. <laughs> uh, it's time to pick a song. And I'll sign off on anything that is not Aliens Exist. Before we do that, it's going to be Aliens Exist. Because Tom DeLong did prove definitively to the U.S. government that aliens exist. How did he do it? Google Tom DeLong aliens. Never. You'll get the full story. <laughs> Never. He is committed and he's done it. Was he one of the guys that raided Area 51 in September and was shot immediately with a submachine Bigger gun? Bigger than that. <laughs> U.S. Navy confirms existence of UFOs thanks to Tom DeLong. What, what's, the, uh, what's the source material here? He, uh, he has like a... New York Times? He has an academy. It's called the To the Stars Academy where they oh, uh, post alien videos. And this one guy of the smokes vid- a lot of weed. One of the videos was uh, presented in the U.S. Navy... Confirmed that it was an unidentified flying object. Listen, I'm with Big Al on this one, man. They're out there, and Tom DeLong found them. I'm not saying that I disagree. I'm saying if you're in like a big rock band and you get a finite amount of years to enjoy being in a, a rock band, 
and you decide to shut it down to write alien books or be on documentaries? I mean, look, you and Hater and Grohl and Grande can walk around and pretend <laughs> like you're the only things in the universe, but me and fucking Ben Folds and Trey Parker and Rich Eisen are with Tom DeLong. I love your group. <laughs> oh, let we, me. T- <laughs> my group will not get into any clubs. Let me tell my my last story um, that ties into to put a to put a bow on what we were talking about. I want my rock stars to be a little distant and aloof and serious about being rock stars. So, as you know, Bob, um, one of Emily, my wife's friends, ended up working very closely with a U two camp uh, over the last five years, which let which was one of the more, more insane like coincidence slash breaks I've ever had in my life. Of course. Which led to me going to countless concerts for free and being up close. And it was crazy and amazing. And um, the last, her last night when she was no longer working with the band, um, she, after a show here at the forum, she said, hey, do you want to go to the after party? the band is doing a little like goodbye party for me and somebody else. And I went with Emily at um, the sunset marquee and it was me, my wife, my wife, uh, the band, you two, their wives, their kids, Sean Penn. Wait, was inhaler there? I don't know. He probably was. Oh, in fact, he so almost cool. certainly was. That's amazing. Bono's son of the band Inhaler. They know. Which, they when know. are we going to go see them? They know. I think we miss them. They we, know. Um, and Bono, it's a, it was like 25 people. And Bono starts giving a speech about this person that was my friend. And then after, as it was going on, I realized, oh, this would be probably the chance where I'm going to meet Bono. So easy. And I literally, and there's no regrets. I have zero regrets about it. I said, Emily, let's go home. First of all, it felt too intimate. It felt, it felt like a family gathering that we were at. And then I just didn't want to actually meet the person. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to meet him. I wanted him to just be further away. And I was totally okay with going down and getting the car and driving home. Yeah. You were flying too close to the stars. Got too real. It was so real. But I have no regrets about it. No, I know that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. Um, so that's how I put a bow on it. Can I can I do an impression of you? Um, so I I do a Pete Best impression, obviously. Yeah. I've done it before. Yeah, yeah. This is my impression of you. Right. On your deathbed. <laughs> okay. Remembering your life. Yes. As you're about to drift off to that permanent sleep. Mm. Here we go. coming fuck I should have talked to Bono he was so close to me dead I said dead you said dead that was the last thing you say such a weird way to spend my last breath to say that I'm dead very on the nose you're not you're not very maybe deep. it will maybe that will come out from my subconscious in my dying breaths but that's how I feel <laughs> and then say um, pick the song Bob because I don't God I, I I'm trying not to be a jerk and I'm happy that 
the listeners wanted to hear this album. And I hope we gave it justice in listening to it and having an open mind. But I don't have a strong connection to most of the material here. So I want you to select. I had fun listening to it. This was definitely the first time I've ever listened to it in full because I'm less cool than I was in 1999. And I'm open to this pop punk music that I wasn't open <laughs> that to. That was the least cool thing you've ever said. But you know life. what? An entire soliloquy. If you want like a real punk band from the late 90s, go listen to The Impossibles, man. They were great. Anyway. <sighs> thank you. Or to the Derringers. The Rockland Derringers. County's local pop punk startup. Thank you to all the Patreones that made this episode possible, including Courtney and Wyatt and their baby boy and girl. And of course, Bruno, the sponsor. Oh, they went the fternal twins too. Yeah. They Nicely went done. that way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, also so not every, only you knock out the two kids, every you get to do the boy and the girl. So you knock out anything's like, Oh, I wish I had a daughter. I wish I had a son. Stop talking and let me go it's home. Perfect. Stop talking. <laughs> Patreon.com slash throwback pod. And you know what? I pick Adam's song. I think that was fun to listen to. I liked hearing it again. Don't care about the subject matter. Let's do it. <laughs> Clearly, this feels like an intervention. Bob, everything's okay, man. Bob did come over here with his stereo, and he gave it to me. <laughs> He's been like giving away a lot of his possessions A big lately. book of CDs. That's what we were taught in uh, the early 90s. That was the only thing we were taught about. <laughs> you, know, you, you know your friend is going to kill himself if he, if he gives you all of his CDs. And like, yeah, the CDs is a big one. But if the stereo goes, oh, then oh, he'll be hanging dead. at the end of a rope by, <laughs> you know, seventh period. That and if you find a bunch of um, containers in somebody's station wagon, they're probably bulimic. Have a major eating disorder. They're just going to the woods and stuffing their face with food and then vomiting. Throwback.com. <laughs> uh, there is no throwback.com. Th- uh, Patreon.com slash throwback. Said that. If you want to support us. Yep. Uh, even a little is a lot. Throwback Pod on Twitter. Throwback Pod on Instagram. Check that out. You know we should start doing some more Instagram videos. We should yeah, do. we should do a little Instagram. Uh, um, if you if you're not if you're not a Patreone, give us five stars on iTunes. Tell your friends. Next episode, let's read some reviews. Yeah, we're due for that. So leave leave some reviews, and we promise we will go through all the new submissions and and pick out a couple. Uh, do us that favor because if the five stars and the comments is in terms of what caused Apple Music to uh, and the podcast division to respect you, we need stars and we need comments. There you go. Beat the system. Beat the system. Beat your meat. Aliens are real. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. I never-